15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com, and you can get a free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. When you do, really go exploring. Check out the audiobooks, check out the other content as well. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to in a variety of business categories. And this is really because of the guests. Uh, these are people who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is David Lukech. David is the CEO, President, and Chair of Liquid Avatar Technologies. He spent over 35 years as a serial entrepreneur in the international marketing arena and over 25 years of that developing technologies and taking them to market. David has held senior management posts and directorships at both private and public technology and media firms. Today, David's focus is set squarely on liquid avatar technologies and its mission to empower individuals through self-sovereign identity to manage, control, and profit from the use of their identity and data. Welcome to the podcast, David. Thank you, Diane. It's great to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about um, sort of, you know, all things business launch, investing, or, you know, preparing it to be something investable. Um, so I think this is going to be a great conversation. Um, and, and I want to start like at the beginning. I am curious what you think is the most valuable lesson that CEOs learn in that first year of business? That there are people out there that know more than they do. 
<laughs> you know, and uh, somebody once told me, I've had some wonderful mentors and uh, somebody once told me, and it's a very true statement, you know, a good CEO or a good entrepreneur surrounds themselves with people that know more than they do on particular topics and, and draw from that experience. It's really important. Well, and we hope that they learn that in their first year of business because well, otherwise they may not make it to the second slog. year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very tough slog, but uh, it is, it's really important. People don't realize that, um, you know, especially young people. And I've, I've seen this quite often because I've been in technology for so long that, you know, I'll sit down at a, a meeting with an organization and, you know, they'll, they'll bring out the pit bull, which is usually someone in their early twenties that, has just finished college or university and has a degree in, in computer technology. And, you know, and, and you hear, you know, silently the word sick them and uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll come across trying to, you know, tell us everything that they knew and they know. And ultimately we, um, you know, by the end of the conversation, they're only focused on us because we're having a wonderful one-on-one -on -one conversation. So it's all about really um, knowing your audience, working, with people that that know more than you do and and really setting out to learn something new every day yeah yeah definitely okay so let's go like one step earlier mm -hmm. um, because you've had both publicly traded companies and privately held companies mm -hmm. what do you what would you say is one thing that you think entrepreneurs should know financially before starting a business well, my recommendation is I started my um, I started my first business when I was 17 and it was uh, it was buying and selling collector comic books. And I'm very fortunate today that I'm still very deep in that space. Uh, I've been a collector my whole life. But, um, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's really important that, you know, entrepreneurs focus on what they're passionate about and and don't listen to all the noise that's out there. So it's, um, it, th those are really important factors that you need to deal with when you're an entrepreneur. That's interesting. Okay. So, but talks a little bit about the other factors that can, um, you know, derail, distract, what should they be watching out for? Right. So, so when you, when you start as an entrepreneur, the, the, the thing that you've got to worry about most, most is the noise. And, uh, so the, you know, everybody, there's, I'll, I'll say it very politely, but opinions are like bottoms. Everybody's got one, right? And uh, so you have to watch out for all the noise. People are going to constantly tell you to turn left and right. And, um, you know, they're, you're, they're going to believe that they're giving you good advice. But, you know, uh, a piece of sage advice I once got is listen to everyone and make a decision. And um, you can always change your mind, but you need to make decisions. And um, uh, so it's really firm that you take it, it, firm, uh, advice would be that you take a path that you, you cut through all the noise. You do, you do your own personal risk analysis. It does, you don't have to be learned in doing risk analysis, but you do a risk analysis and you take the path that you think is going to, you know, uh, accentuate your best, um, qualities and, and go down that path. I think the other thing that I would encourage young entrepreneurs to do is to work for someone else first. I didn't do that because I started my, my, my real first business in, in, in university, although I dabbled, like I said, in the comic books earlier. But um, 
I think I would have been much better off earlier and not made as many mistakes if I would have had the experience of working for someone first. So it's really important that you, you, you cut through the noise and that maybe you, you um, learn what you want to learn um, by assisting others and, and have some basis of understanding of business before you really dive in head deep. I think that is so wise. And I love that you said, you know, make decisions, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes people can get all wrapped up in that paralysis mm -hmm. of being afraid to make a decision because what if it's the wrong one? And that can end up being the wrong decision. Well, I'll, so, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit difficult to tell you who gave me that advice because when you look at the gentleman today, there are many opinions on this person, but um, in between two of my um, uh, endeavors, I had the wonderful opportunity of, of doing a lot of work for nonprofit organizations and dedicating a lot of time and effort. And um, um, as a thank you for, for um, some of the work I, I did uh, for some of the uh, police organizations in the United States, um, I was offered in 2002 a one-on-one -on -one with Rudolph Giuliani, who had, you know, was America's mayor, had just, yeah. you know, finished at 9/11, and and you know, I go back to the opinion of of and that time when when he was, you know, a, an amazing individual. I, I don't want to comment on mm -hmm. what people might think today or not think. It's it's that's their own opinion, but he gave me that advice, and I took it to heart. He said, I said, what's he asked me if I had any questions for him. And I said, um, you know, what do you think makes a great leader? And I had just finished reading his book on leadership. And he says, a great leader makes a decision. And I took that to heart because he was a gentleman that had to make decisions about life and death with some of his own friends, putting them in harm's way um, yeah. during 9-11. Yeah. And, and so, you know, here's someone who had to take all these decisions on his own shoulders. And he said, make a decision, you can always change your mind, but making no decision while the decision in itself gets you nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is great. And, and really, you know, in the position that he was in, he had to be able to make decisions. Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Right. And life or death decisions yeah. instantly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a great lesson. Mm -hmm. It's a great lesson. Wow. Okay, so I, I sort of want to flip to, you know, times that we're in, and I'm wondering what trends you are seeing that you think entrepreneurs should be following now. Well, you know, um, there is that, that fine line between genius and insanity, and I think it's a very blurred line. Um, so, so I want to take you back, you know, a few years, and probably more than a few years, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm from the Toronto area. And uh, so, you know, uh, I do business around the world, but um, home is Canada. And um, so in, in, in the late nineties, I decided that I'd get in dabbling in this thing called the internet. You knew what it was. And, and while most people don't know this, Harry Potter was the catalyst for um, e-commerce in the United States. Scholastic said, if you bought a particular book online, we'd ship it a couple of days earlier and that caused the e-commerce frenzy. But the Canadian banks are very uh, different animals to our, our cousins in the US. And they took a very staunch position that, you know, they were gonna do something very different. So I decided um, with some of my contacts um, that we would approach Visa and MasterCard to create the e-commerce, the ability for 
Canadians to type in their credit card. And they had all kinds of other solutions that they were going to use. But ultimately, that's what we ended up creating that solution and, and it was adopted by the Canadian banks. But I remember, you know, my sister, who is a couple of years younger than I am, and you know, very rarely leaves the house these days and telling me in the late 90s, no one is ever going to shop online. I don't know what you're doing. No one is ever going to shop. Who would shop online? And it wasn't the only, I, I remember that, you know, vividly, but there were so many people telling us that you're going to fail because nobody's ever going to do this. And uh, so the trends we look for today are not what's happening today, but what's happening or what we believe will happen, you know, a year out, two years, three years out. And what we're looking at is, is the change of the electronic world. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, the pandemic has, has caused us a lot of issues, but fortunately for many businesses that have made the transition to online and government services online and informational services online, education online, all are dealing with the challenge today that it's nearly impossible to verify that the people that you're doing business with on the other end as consumers are real people. Right. Um, so we see the trend going towards, um, um, you know, identification, the reduction of fraud online, um, and, and that everything will have a, a, a functional value in the online market. And that's whether it's any of the things I've mentioned, like shopping or um, education or government services or information services. But we, but we also see the blockchain, not as this cryptocurrency generator, but as this technology that will ultimately propel the next generation of businesses forward. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense, though I do have to admit that that I'm a little confused about blockchain. So. It, it is quite confusing. I, I mean, frankly, because we think, you know, and, and, and you know, my, uh, my daughter, who's, who's in her late 20s, was asking me to really give her a fundamental explanation of, you know, what blockchain is. And, and, and you know, it's, it's sort of everything old is new again. Um, I think of it sort of as some enhancements from, from the late 90s. But, and I'm not a technologist. I'm a marketer first and, and a technologist second. So I think oh. of everything in marketing terms. So, you know, we think of Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these cryptocurrencies. Um, the primary currencies are a, a reward of creating new ledgers in a ledger book. For if you want to think of it from an old style situation, when you kept accounting records, you had a book that you constantly increased the number of pages on. And a block on the blockchain is an, another piece of the ledger that can hold information in, 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 a, in a trustless manner. But um, um, so there's public blockchains and there's private blockchains and, and private blockchains use the same type of technology, but there's sort of a, a fence around them so that they only allow people that are supposed to be inside that fence, in that fence. So something like identity, which we work in, you wouldn't want somebody who is a bad actor creating um, identities inside your ecosystem. So we would probably use a system that has more authorities and, and more of a private nature as opposed to a public blockchain like Ethereum. So it's, it really is a new way of holding records and information and, um, you know, that's kind of the simplest way to look at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it probably was complex, but simple, hopefully at the same time. 
you know, it's just one of those things. I, yeah. I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, but for me, it's like electricity. I don't really understand how it works, but I know when I flip a switch, the light comes on. So well, sure. I mean, that's what we all want to do. I mean, you know, people want to get deep into the weeds, you know, it's like, and then the problem is every time you ask me what time it is, I'm telling people how to build a watch, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, so I just want to tell you what time it is really. Right. Right. That's all I want to know. So I've, I've decided at this moment in time, that, that is all I want to know. It's okay. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then uh, we'll continue the conversation after that. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by audible.com. And while I'm sure you are aware that audible.com has thousands of audio titles, audiobook titles to choose from, you might not know about the other content like podcasts and audible originals, guided meditations, and so much more. So head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for a free trial and go exploring enjoy the adventure, check out what's there. You know, I think one of the things that you might notice that I value about audible.com is that I can access totally different kinds of audio content all in one place. So I could be listening to an audiobook and then I could go do a guided meditation and I don't have to leave the platform. So check it out for yourself, see what you think. I think you will uh, enjoy it and be pleasantly surprised. And they're always adding new things to it as well, which makes it nice. Today, we are speaking with David Lukacs about investing in launching and selling a business. So David, I, uh, now I want to sort of switch to the um, selling part. And, I, and I'm curious about what potential investors want to know about an organization? What, what should owners be thinking about? Wow. That's a big, that's a big area. Um, <laughs> I, I would suggest that, you know, and it's so easy to do this today. And, um, and we learned, and, and again, I, I, I've, I've been so fortunate. Um, you know, uh, my family uh, was not of means and, 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 you know, great people, not exceptionally um, uh, formally educated, but great, great people. And I'm, I was fortunate enough to be the first one in my family to go to university. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, I learned this particular thing very well because we got an opportunity um, many years ago to be the stocking horse um, or the, the, the second bidder on, on MySpace. And so we got to see the data room. And um, uh, so so we learned how to put a data room together. So what I would suggest to every young entrepreneur out there or entrepreneur of any, any age is, is open up a Dropbox. Open up a Dropbox and start putting things in the Dropbox that you would think others would want to see on a private basis about your business if you were raising money or wanting to sell your business. Because if you keep a great data room, and then we call that a data room. If you keep a great data room and you keep your last year's tax returns or you keep... Uh, you know, your major contracts or certain information where you have access to it at your fingertips, a data room is going to help you when, when you need it most. Uh, you need to expand your business, even giving it to a bank that wants to give you a loan or a line of credit. Having a good data room is probably a wise thing to, to, to create as early as possible. Wow, I think that's a great idea. I never would have thought of that. That makes yeah. so much sense because then you just have that one place where you have everything. Right. 
and, huh. and, and anyone who needs it, your accountants, your lawyers, um, you know, anybody, you know, anybody you want to raise capital from, you want to do anything with your business is, is, is available, you know, in a nutshell. And again, you, you need to set it to private and you need to make sure that you only give people certain privileges and Dropbox is a great product that allows you to do that. And it's very inexpensive. I, I won't quote it, but I think it's under $20 a month, but it's probably one of the best investments you can make as a business owner. Wow. That, that is great. That is great. Okay. So I'm not quite sure how to ask this question, but are, are there, how does an owner know when it's time to consider a, a public offer, you know, going public with their company? Another wow question, right? It's like, you know, be careful what you wish for. Um, uh, first of all, um, it, it's not for the faint of heart, no matter where you do it, whether you do it in, in the US, you do it in Canada. And, there, and, and, you know, we think about these big IPOs and these big offers, but there's ways for small companies um, to take advantage of public funding. And um, uh, in the US, there's the Jobs Act, which, um, um, you know, has a number of regulations, whether I just think recently in the last, if it's not now, it's, it's either a week past or a couple of weeks ahead, the, the uh, crowdfunding regulation um, uh, changes to up to from, from about $1 million to $5 million. So there's, there's the crowdfunding. There's, in the U.S., there's something called Regulation A and Regulation A+. So the first thing you should do if you're thinking about going public is, is don't use your own lawyer. If it's a regular lawyer, find a good securities lawyer. You need, you need somebody that, that is well-versed in, in, in giving you mentorship and understanding the public markets and the securities industry because you don't want to fall offside on that side. So the first thing is surround yourself with a, a great lawyer and a great accountant that, and, 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 um, that knows and have, has done this before. You don't want to be the learning uh, uh, guinea pig. Um, so find, your, find yourself a really good lawyer and a good um, accountant, and they will probably in turn have, have people that, that can help you. And the time to go public is when you know that um, your business or the opportunity for your business needs to have a wide distribution of stakeholders. That means having five owners is not going to be as valuable as having a thousand or 5,000 or 10,000 owners. And if you think of it, not just from a financial perspective, but from a marketing perspective, all your owners become advocates for your business. That's interesting. Okay. So it's like when it's at that place where it, it is ready for a major move. And it's going to need all of those kinds of resources. Yes. Hmm. Yes. You know, okay. again, it's, it's, it, it can be easy. It can be arduous. It can take a short period of time. It can take a long period of time, but there are, again, there are small businesses that are public, like, like the ones I generally take public and then they can grow into much larger businesses. And then there are large businesses that do these massive IPOs. So there are different, um, uh, I, I public is, is a large word for a whole group of companies that start to raise capital from people outside their direct contact network. So there are securities laws and rules that, that um, um, in every country that, that you have to consider if you're gonna start raising capital. And depending on how many 
people you have in your company um, that could make you what's called a reporting issuer. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of issues. So getting yourself um, a, a good good counsel is the most important thing you could do to, to protect yourself and those around you. Yeah, it sounds like it. Don't try and do it on your own because it sounds like yeah. it has a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it's not like a self-serve will. It's a lot more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot of, I find that a lot of business owners end up really getting in the weeds of their business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm curious if you have noticed uh, and, and can share if there are like signs that a business owner is way too deep uh, in their organization. Um, I, some, I, again, good advice. Someone said, when we all agree, one of us is redundant, right? So, so, ah, you know, if everyone agrees with you, you know, you're too deep in the woods because everyone's either afraid to tell you that, that wow. this could be a path of destruction and, or um, you've got too many yes people in your organization. The idea between an organization as an organism, it, it, it's got to go through a little bit of strife. So you've got to have people that are willing to push back um, and, and, you know, it's not politics. It's, it's everybody rowing in the same direction but knowing that you've got to go down, you know, this side of the river, not that side of the river to, to avoid the waterfall. And so again, it goes back to the earlier advice of surround yourself with people who, who know more than you do. So you're too deep if every decision that needs to be made requires your attention. That's number one. Number two is you should be leading the vision of the company and have people who can execute around you, um, but you don't need to execute everything. And, and it's hard at the beginning. I mean, my team looks to me for, for leadership and vision. And, and, you know, I like to be one of the hardest workers in, in our business. But we've got such a fantastic team of people that um, I, we, I could never do this alone. It just would never happen. So, so you've got to know how to surround yourself with great people. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think part of that is um, understanding that it's not necessarily your job to have all the answers, but it's your job to convene the conversations to find the answers. Absolutely. And you've got to have people around you with the answers, right? Right. 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 You know, again, and, and if everybody just agrees with you, you, your business won't survive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting. And, 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 then, and then it feels like you want to make sure that you're creating a, a culture and an environment where um, if someone notices that maybe, you know, you're, you're executing when there are people there who can do it, they feel comfortable saying something about it. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, um, very fortunate. Uh, we've just brought on somebody to our firm that has worked with my companies for 30 years. And when I left my last company in good shape, he stayed on, on with that company and he's recently left and I've brought him on board. And he's in, in two days, he's told me five things that I've known need to be repaired. I just haven't had the time. And, and mm -hmm. he's noticed it in a couple of days. And now I've put him on a mission to repair those items. And, and the other thing too, is don't, don't let time or space be an issue. Um, 
you know, I've worked in, in offices my entire career, but in the last two and a half years, we haven't had an office. And um, I'm, I'm I was shockingly and proud to say this, but our chief financial officer, who I see every day on Zoom, I have never met in person. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've worked with him now for, I want to say seven months and never met him. Wow. My executive assistant, I've never met her. And, uh, and, and both of them live reasonably within, you know, driving distance, but because of the current environment, it's been right. difficult for everybody to get together, but we have people now all over the world. So time and distance is not your enemy. It is your friend yeah. in this new environment. So embrace it. Um, there are companies and just, uh, I, you know, I've heard this, uh, through a couple of my people that you, you know, it, people are moving outside of cities now because, you know, companies are hiring people based on a job and a pay rate, not where you live. So, so, you know, there's a lot of new opportunities and excitement about, about the evolving business landscape. And I think we're going to see, you know, wonderful people and wonderful organizations all built remotely. I do too. I, I, I agree with you and I, and it's gonna, it opens up not just you know, opportunities for who you put on your team, but opportunities for um, where you look for clients. Mm -hmm. Very right? much so. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it is interesting where it's a strange, I like to say it's a silver lining from what we have been going through. And unfortunately, yes. I mean, that's the, that's why I like to say, unfortunately, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it had to happen, at least something good, hopefully will come out of it. So, well, David, I really appreciate this information. I think it's really valuable to hear from someone who has been there and is doing it. And, um, you know, so can speak from experience to offer this sort of guidance to the listeners. It's, it's really valuable. Um, will you tell the listeners about what uh, Liquid Avatar Technologies is all about and what you're doing with that, and how they can find you, please. Sure, so, so we think of um, digital identity, and I know it's a big thing to, to, to appreciate, but we think that when you leave the house or, or wherever you might be, you don't leave, leave without probably two or three things. One, likely have a mobile phone, and the other two things that you probably likely have is a, a wallet and a key ring. And that along with your, your, your person um, provides identity of who you are. You walk into a place, they, they might know you. So that's a facial recognition or you walk into a place, uh, you know, if you're young and you might have to produce a driver's license to be able to buy liquor in a store. And so you, and to get into your car, your home, your office, you need keys. Well, we, we're liquid avatar is uh, underneath that 5% of fun that, that is, is that everybody will recognize about creating an avatar and managing, you know, sort of your personas online and having all these great things you can do with digital representations of yourself at Liquid Avatar. Below, below that 5% or, or below the, you know, the waterline of the iceberg is technology that allows you to literally create those tools, uh, wallets and key rings that you would have in the real world, along with your biometrics, your facial recognition, so that you can control all your online identity information. So you are in control of it. You, it's yours, you own it, you manage it. And so Liquid Avatar is, I like to say, 
the fun and engaging part of our avatars is is the peanut butter on a bitter pill that you might feed a cat or a dog in digital <laughs> right and did and, and digital identity is that pill we also think that um just like a browser or um search or online communication like we're doing now um digital identity is addressable to 100 of the online market everybody will have to prove who they are uh, if you're going to school and taking exams if you want to get a, a piece of government id online even if you want to use a credit card online in the future you're going to have to prove who you are so we create the 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 tools and services that that are free of charge to users for them to be able to manage these new evolving um uh, requirements and the ability to prove who they are and um you can find us at at liquidavatar.com and 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 or you can download our app at the apple store or google play wow and and will there be um the same sort of thing for businesses like small businesses will they be able to use it in the same way or is it people to people no it's interesting because um you know we we online we are many pieces of a single person i may have a business persona i may have a you know a coaching persona i may have a gaming persona i may have a school persona i might have a family persona all these pieces of me are different with liquid avatar you can create multiple avatars that represent different facets of yourself and only share the information that you want to share with those that you want to share it with hmm. so so i could have my work persona, whether I'm with a small company or a large company, right. and that I only share certain information and data to my business constituents that is based on my work profile. Not, I, they don't get to see my Facebook page and they don't get to see my Discord or my Twitch page because I'm a gamer. They, they only get to see the things I want them to see. And, and rather than for those that might be familiar with a V card, like sharing a piece of information, you, you'll be able to share all that information through our avatars. You'll be able to go back and forth and share all that information through avatars. That's crazy. Yeah, well, that, that would explain us pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> lunatic. I'm pretty exactly. sure. Exactly. Somewhere I, I heard lunatic earlier. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, audible.com. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for that free trial and go exploring the audiobooks, the audio programs, maybe a guided meditation or two, see what you think. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.